Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. All homebrewers have a favorite commercial beer, but not everyone can make it. Welcome to the show that teaches you how, where you can challenge two masters, Jamil Zainashev and Tasty McDole. This is the Jamil Show. Can you brew it? Now here's Jamil. Woohoo! What's that all about? <laughs> I'm excited. All right. Then I am. <laughs> master. Yeah, you're, I can, you're one I can, of the masters. I can, I can tell you you're, you're just like jumping out of your chair. I'm just putting up with you. <laughs> let's, be on, let's be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm excited because uh, a few things. One is um, we've got the uh, Lagunitas uh, Ganza going on. Yeah. The Lagunita, Lagunita Ganza, which is uh, exciting in and of itself. I'm excited because we're sponsored by uh, northernbrewer.com, the fine folks at Northern Brewer. They've uh, been supporting us for like three years now and making sure this programming uh, goes out and yeah. you're able to download this for free. Why? Folks at northernbrewer.com. Right. So uh, make sure you show them the love, too. Make sure you let them know that uh, we... Uh, I don't know that we do a decent job at what we do. Yeah, we're mildly say entertaining. That. Right. Yeah, lie to them and tell them you actually enjoy the show <laughs> yeah. and that you think it's worth them sponsoring, right. and that way you'll continue to get a uh, so-so show. Yeah. All right, there you go. That's <laughs> pretty easy. Can't can't lie to the listeners, man. Can't lie to the listeners. They know. They know. But they you can know. lie to the sponsors. You can lie to the sponsors. Yeah, <laughs> lie to the sponsors, but can't lie to the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the, the folks love the show. They yeah. love the show. They're listening. Well, speaking of which, if you love the show, uh, you know, you go go to the uh, the Brew Network store, pick up, uh, you know, oh, yeah. What's uh, in there? you know, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe like a hop grenade hoodie, something like that. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they get the glassware back in there. I don't think so. It's on the way. It's on the way. Oh. It's uh, literally on the way. Books, yeah. things like that. Now, where's our Can You Brew It shirt? Uh, it's on the way. I don't know. It's on that same truck. I don't know if people would buy that. Uh, I don't know. Well, you pick up a Bruce Strong shirt. Another quality uh, programming you get here on the uh, Brew Network. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's enthusiasm. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. All right. I love it. That sounds great. It is a lot of beer information when you think about it. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Almost too much information. It could be. Uh, and and speaking of too much information, what's our challenge today, Justin? What we got going? What what do we need to brew today? I will play it for you. Uh, 888-401-BEER, that's our number. If you have listener requests and you've communicated with the Can You Brew It folks, which is Jamil and or Tasty. Can and You Brew It at thebrewingnetwork.com. Yeah. Send your requests in. If they've selected your beer, this is what happens. Here's your challenge tonight, fellas. 
Hi, Jay-Z and Tasty. This is Andy Ippolito from Germantown, Maryland, and I'm looking for a house IPA, and I would love a clone of Lagunitas IPA. Uh, both my wife and I love this. It has great hot flavor and aroma, and the bitterness doesn't overwhelm it. It supports it. It's very drinkable. Uh, we drink lots of it when we can, and I need you to help a brother out, so can you brew it? All right. Well, that's a that's an excellent choice, and we got a lot of requests for Lagunitas yeah, IPA. Yeah, not the only one. Yeah, yeah. yeah was, this is a real popular one, and huh? and and the fact is, you know, if you go on uh, a lot of the message boards and stuff on the internet, people are like, oh, you know, can you help me clone Lagunitas IPA? And and nobody really knows the answers, and it's like, ah, oh, Lagunitas is real tight lift on this, and. Uh, you know, we'll, we won't. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to get the information, and uh, you know, like the listener, I I, I enjoy Lagunitas IPA as well. It's yeah. it's it's many. You know, uh, John Plisse. I've, I've been drinking that beer, you know, a long time because it was one of the early IPAs out here. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. John Plisse, he yeah. says that's his favorite IPA. Yeah, sure. he likes that. that more than anyone. Right. Uh, you know, it's uh it's got a nice firm bittering, not overwhelming. Right. It's balanced with some some toasty malt and a and a very subtle crystal note. Uh, it's kind of creamy. It's got a good mouthfeel to it. Uh, you know, hop aroma and hop flavor is not uh, overwhelming, but uh, you know, kind of restrained and very, uh, very uh, polite right. throughout throughout the beer. Right. It's very drinkable, and yeah. it's yeah, it, it tends to lean towards balanced, which is you know, yeah. Sometimes that's what you want. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, like you're saying, you know, you drink a lot of this IPA. Yeah. Uh, we've you know pretty much knocked off a growler here pretty quick. <laughs> it's down to like an inch in here. I don't know. Was that full? <laughs> yeah, it was full. Oh it my god, full to the top. Uh, yeah, we we knocked that back uh, pretty darn quick. And uh, in order to uh, meet this challenge, what we did was uh, we uh, contacted uh, Jeremy Marshall at uh, Lagunitas Brewing, and uh, he was able to help us out. So uh, yeah. what do we do? Why don't we do this? We'll take a short break, and when we come back, we'll hear from Jeremy at Lagunitas. Back after this. Okay, so my double IPA has an ABV of 7.5 and a clarity of brilliant. So that's a plus 8. I pour it. Sorry. Looks like she found it unpalatable. Ha! Shut up, Doug. My creek gets a plus 10 versus girls because it's a fruit beer. You can't open the bottle, and she walks over to the guy with the Pinot Grigio. This sucks. Ugh, I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. What's this? Non-Alcoholics Anonymous? Dude, get out of here. We're in the middle of a brew session. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Have you ever been called upon to explain why it's named India Pale Ale? Do you burp Y Yeast 3522 and crap Cascade? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs. Ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the Tongue Splitter. I've got dry hops stuck in my braces. And the burp. And barrel porter. Now on tap in the Mose Eisley Cantina. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. Home brewers, listen up. Have you seen Mike McDowell's picture on that sweet Sam Adams six pack? Well, it's your turn. Did you know that two prior long shot winners have gone on to become professional brewers themselves? It's time to enter this year's Samuel Adams Long Shot American Homebrew Contest. Jim Cook first brewed Samuel Adams Boston Lager in his kitchen using a 100-year-old recipe from his great-great-grandfather. This is your chance to have your handcrafted homebrew recipe distributed all across America. Be the next homebrewer on the Sam Adams Long Shot Six-Pack. 
This year's contest is going on right now, and you should be a part of it. Time is running out, though. All entries must be received between April 15th and May 1st. Go to samadams.com for all the details and to register your entry, which, by the way, is free. The Samuel Adams Longshot American Homebrew Contest. Giving back to where it all began. Enter today. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Well, what's it feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. <laughs> it's the Brewing Network. I'm here with Jeremy Marshall, head brewer, Lagunitas Brewing Company out in Petaluma. Hey, Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. All right. Uh, you know, one of the things about Lagunitas is, uh, you know, there's a lot of very unique beers that you guys brew. Uh, you know, uh, some some breweries, they uh, they produce a lot of beers that are very similar to each other. And I, I would say, you know, Lagunitas has some similarities between some of the beers, but, you know, your, your, your breadth of beers that you do are so, uh, so unique and unusual. I think... Uh, it, Every every time I see you guys come out with a new beer, I have to try it because I and, I and I'm never sure what to expect. You know, I, I expect a great beer, but other than that, I I, I don't know what's going to come up. Do you have any favorites out of out of that uh, amazing stable of beers that you guys brew? Well, no, you know, never underestimate the element of surprise, and that's one <laughs> thing that we really like to do. But uh, <laughs> uh, some of my favorite beers. Uh, include the uh the the lucky 13 mm-hmm. which is kind of a that'll be coming out in june it's a a rich velvety uh red ale that's also uh, really hopped up uh, i guess if you forced us to give it a style i might say uh imperial red uh but it's you know I, I, even that doesn't really do it justice and um that's that's one of my favorites and uh also really like the uh Undercover Shutdown Ale, which is out uh, currently, and uh, once again, it doesn't really have a style either, but we've had people tell us they think it's an Imperial ESB. Well, and the uh, Lucky 13, that was for the uh, 13th uh, birthday of the brewery, right? Mm-hmm. 13th uh, anniversary, and you know, we were doing it again, and I guess we should have called it Lucky 14, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're never one for semantics. Right. Well, and you got all those labels that say 13, so. That's true. <laughs> you don't use those stuff, right. No, and, not uh, 
Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, and uh, you know, another excellent beer. Well, and, and one of the uh, the favorites of the listeners of you know, and probably the most requested uh, Lagunitas beer. And, uh, you know, probably one of the most requested beers for Kenya Brewett has been Lagunitas IPA. And I think that was the very first Lagunitas beer that I ever tried. Uh, yeah, for can you, many years, uh, the, the flagship was the uh, our Paleo, and then it kind of switched over to the IPA. So that's actually our flagship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I must imagine you, you sell a ton of that beer. Uh, the way uh, yeah, you yeah. know, I, I see it in many grocery stores. I always know that uh, you know. I go to a local grocery store. I can find Lagunitas IPA there, and uh, you know, get my fix uh, quick and easy. Yeah, it's a big percentage of what we brew. That's that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, can you share information with us on on this great beer? Can you can you help us uh, oh, brew this this uh, great IPA? Yeah, let's let's start with the uh, the grain bill in uh, percentages. Okay. So uh, it's uh, it's about seventy five percent two row pale or uh, the base malt of your your choice, and uh, it's a six percent malted wheat, five point seven percent Munich, and that's a that's a ten love bond, three point eight percent. Uh, crystal sixty, mm-hmm. and uh, a whopping nine percent of uh, crystal C fifteen. Uh, one mm-hmm. of one of our favorites is uh, the the crisp line, mm-hmm. and that's that's it for the malt structure. And how about uh, a lot the of crystal malt there? The base malt. Uh, you know, when you say two row, uh, you're talking about a, mm-hmm. a domestic uh, uh, two row. Yeah. Yeah, basically, uh, uh, like a, it's a Metcalf Harrington blend, and it's mm-hmm. typically between one point eight eight and and two point oh five degrees level bond. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we 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 would prefer to stay away from the really high protein stuff and reserve that for our crystal malts and our darker malts. And you know, as you know, as that as that protein content goes up, it really uh, enhances the uh, the stewing and the and the and the roasting and makes those Maillard compounds really jump out for color. But when it comes to the base malt, uh, we'd like to limit the protein, say uh, down to uh, if we could be there, the the high tens, so like you know ten ten and three quarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try not to go over uh, uh, say uh, eleven and a quarter percent protein, and that's total protein. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's the the grains, and uh, how about the hops? All right, uh, as a lot of our beers work, we're old school in that we do the uh, the one, two, three, or bitterness, flavor, and whirlpool hoppings. Uh, there's also dry hops, so that'd be the the uh, fourth hop edition. But starting with the uh, the uh, bitterness edition. It's uh, three tenths of a gram per liter of Horizon at twelve percent uh, alpha, and then we're also using one of these uh, newer varieties, the the dwarf variety called Summit. That's a whopping eighteen and a half percent alpha, and it has an extremely uh, aliaceous or garlicky and oniony smell. And it just it, some brewers uh, either love it or they hate it. 
Uh, needless to say, we don't use but a pinch of it at 0.05 grams per liter. And uh, other substitutions for that hop uh, could include uh, Apollo or Bravo or any other kind of Columbus uh, derivative. You could even use uh, Columbus. But be sure to adjust for the uh, alpha acid. You probably need to use quite a bit more. And uh, that's all for the uh, bitterness addition. On to the, uh, the middle or 30-minute flavor edition. It's really heavy on the uh, Willamette. We're using one gram per liter of Willamette at 4.6% alpha. And along with that, uh, uh, 0.5 grams per liter of Centennial at 10% alpha. And uh, that's all for the uh, middle hopping. And then for the uh, Whirlpool hopping, a uh, huge Cascade edition, of course, uh, no IPA without lots of Cascade. We're using uh, one and a half grams per liter of Cascade in the Whirlpool. And then the uh, last hop edition, which is going to be, you know, after primary f fermentation is complete and after all the yeast has been harvested and or removed, and uh, you have this just bright beer, um, and we're, we're also doing cell counts uh, on, our, on our beers to determine when we dry hop because so much of the essence oils in the hops will actually stick to the cell walls and settle out to the bottom of the cone and not end up in the beer. And uh, so we, we would prefer to look for uh, one million cells per milliliter or less before we're going to dry hop. And I imagine there probably are a few brewers out there that have that, uh, have that capability. It's not crucial, though. Um, just knowing that uh, that all the yeast is out is good enough. And our dry hop bill is uh, a quarter pound per barrel of each Cascade and Centennial. And uh, we, we add the hops, and approximately 48 hours after adding the hops, uh, we actually engage in, in, a, in a rousing for this beer, which... Uh, uh, rousing can be anything from hooking up a, a, a pump and recirculating the hops to get them all stirred up. Um, I'm not a big fan of uh, handling or moving or pumping the beer any more than necessary, so what we do is just to uh, hook up a little sterile CO2 and just gently bubble it from from the, the bottom. But uh, for a home brewer, it's a whole lot easier. You can just grab your carboy and swirl it around. Mm -hmm. Give your beer a swirly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. And all right, so uh, forty-eight hours, you, you do a rouse. How how long do you uh, leave the beer with the uh, dry hops? Well, that's an interesting question because uh, we've been through the, uh, a lot of um, different uh, theories about uh, leaving the beer on the hops too long and getting uh, uh, what can otherwise be described as a vegetative bite, and. Um, Basically, what, what we've found is that it, it almost doesn't matter, but it's extremely uh, temperature-related. In other words, uh, at, at, say, 70 degrees Fahrenheit, you're going to get a lot more extraction of things both good and bad from the hops uh, than you would at, say, 60 degrees. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, it's, it seems that, uh, that temperature is key. But nonetheless, uh, in, our, in our case, for our beer... In, in practice at the brewery, uh, we tend to uh, limit the uh, dry hop essence oil extraction to about 96 
Clippers for four days. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the, you know, obviously the first two and then the, and then the Rouse and then two more days. And we're conducting this at approximately 68 degrees Fahrenheit where extraction of, of things good and bad is, is relatively quick. Um, you know, if, if, if for some reason the beer was, uh, say, 60 degrees Fahrenheit, that, that four days would probably need to turn into to, to six days mm-hmm. uh, to get the uh, equivalent of the same thing. Uh, due to the, you know, the, there's a rule called the Arrhenius rule that says that all reactions uh, and, and everything in brewing is a, is, a, is a chemical reaction. It says all chemical reactions go two to three times faster for every 10 degrees Celsius increase in temperature. So that's a, a really important rule when it comes to dry hop oil, uh, essence oil extraction, because it, it, you can really see how the temperature is king. And uh, so assuming those four days at 68 degrees uh, Celsius, the next thing we're going to do is uh, we're going to crash the beer. So we're going we're gonna to bring it to uh, 30 degrees Fahrenheit. And at those temperatures, uh, extraction of anything from the hops, both good, good or bad, is, is almost none. Uh, some brewers are so paranoid about extracting uh, negative uh, you know, f- flavor attributes from the hops, they'll actually do a, a hop dump or just rack off and get the beer off the hops. Uh, you can do that too, but uh, we, don't, we don't practice that at mm-hmm. uh, Lagunitas. So it stays on the hops until it gets packaged? Pretty much, yep. But it's, keep in mind, it's, it stays on the hops uh, cold. And mm-hmm. typically, uh, that's only about a, a week. We, we, it's, you know, from, from when we crash the beer to 30 degrees Fahrenheit to when it's going to be uh, uh, filtered and packaged, that's, that's only going to be about a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, on your other beers, do you dry hop at 68 degrees Fahrenheit as well, or do you do different temperatures for different beers? Um, we've, we've fooled around with, uh, trying different temperatures for different beers. Uh, the, the only time it's, uh, if one issue that does come up, um, you can certainly get, uh, just really fast and really stellar essence oil extraction at, at say 72 degrees Fahrenheit. But, um, the other thing that happens is there, there's really no free lunch when it comes to to, when it comes to brewing, is uh, your any any uh, remaining yeasts that are in suspension, and there's always going to be, you know, something. Um, they're gonna they're gonna lice a lot quicker at those warmer temperatures, mm-hmm. and uh, and they're gonna die a lot quicker. And and so one issue uh, at trying to extract your your hops at a warmer temperature is going to be uh, premature scaling, and it's uh, it's very real. And then in terms of Extracting at uh, lower temperatures, um, it, it can be done, but it just goes to uh, do you have the time? And uh, there is some truth to the fact that uh, you're going to extract different uh, properties from from the hops at at different temperatures. Uh, if you if you say dry hop at 50 degrees Fahrenheit and, and leave the beer in contact with the hops for say two or three weeks. And you, and you brew that beer, and then you do the exact same dry hop bill, same base beer, and you do 68 degrees for just four days, you're, you're going to end up with uh, a dry hop character that's, you know, very, very subtly different. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's actually pretty interesting to, to do those tastings. But uh, at the brewery in practice, uh, we're pretty much conducting all essence oil extraction at 68. 
Okay. And what about yeast for this beer? Uh, the yeast is uh, the highly flocculent uh, English ale strain. Um, we're using uh, Y yeast, nineteen sixty-eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. And fermentation temperatures? Uh, we are we're, we are fermenting this beer at uh, sixty-six degrees Fahrenheit, and uh, approximately at uh, eighty-five to ninety percent attenuated. Uh, which we we do that based on a, a force test where we pull an initial sample of the beer when it's brewed and put it on a stir plate so it's like an agitated fermentation and uh, that that uh, force test will finish in basically like a day or two days so we get an indication of uh, where that where that tank's going to go uh, eventually and we record that value and then monitor the fermentation and when we, when we can see that it's about 90 percent attenuated we're going to ramp the temperature up to about uh, 68 sometimes 70 degrees for a warm maturation phase and um, that's usually uh, on the tail end of that. That's where the the dry hopping will occur. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we're going to do our, uh, our our four days extraction at sixty eight degrees Fahrenheit, and then and then uh, crash the beer to thirty degrees. Uh, what's the starting gravity and finishing gravity? The starting gravity is fourteen point eight two degrees Plato. And the final gravity is four and a half degrees Plato, so it's a little bit on the on the sweet side. And uh, on a on a single uh, infusion mash, uh, which you know currently we're on a temperature program mash just just because we can. But uh, we've only had our new brew house for a year, and I still remember the old one quite well. And believe it or not, the uh, the warm water temperature that we used was 176, so that uh, uh, that equated to a strike temperature of 160, which is quite hot, and it's a, a big part of the of the uh, the beer. The beer is by no means a dry beer. Right. Well, and it's and it's funny because uh, there had always been rumored that uh, you know uh, Lagunitas IPA had a really high mash temperature of 160, and most people never believed it. They're like, "Oh no, no, no! It's not. It's, it's not a rumor. Right. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> right. And and you know, there's some beautiful things that happen at, at 160. I mean, you get uh, one thing to keep in mind about enzymes is that at warmer temperatures. Uh, they're not just they're not just denaturing or, or dying uh, quicker. They're they're also working quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so at 160, uh, you're you're getting uh, you know it's maybe a, maybe the beta amylase isn't very happy, but you are getting everything that it has to offer really really quick, and then it's destroyed. But mm-hmm. alpha amylase is quite happy, and it's it's going to work hard and fast at that temperature. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, I I love the whole idea of uh, uh, such a high mash temperature. I think it's great. And uh, how long is the the boil for this this beer? It's a it's a sixty minute boil. Okay, sixty minute. And you do your first uh, hop addition uh, for bittering. You do it uh, as soon as you get boiling, or? Yeah, we uh, we we essentially wait. Uh, uh, we we don't call a, a simmer a boil, so we're going to wait until it's everything about it, everything about it is is a boil, and then add. Add the hops, and we'll call that time zero. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then at, at time thirty minutes, then we're going to add the, the middle hops. Mm-hmm. And then at at, at at sixty or whirlpool, um, we're we're going to add the last hop addition. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And how about water for this beer? Do you do any adjustments to your, your local water? Uh, yes, we do. We are uh, uh, burtonizing the water with uh, uh, calcium sulfate, mm-hmm. and uh, we're looking uh, we're looking for about a, a hundred parts per million uh, calcium in in the mash, mm-hmm. and uh, we're gonna we're gonna lose about half of that precipitated out to the spit grain, mm-hmm. and so we're gonna re- reconstitute uh, a little bit more by adding a pinch of calcium sulfate with the uh, bitterness hops, and uh, and we're looking for about seventy parts per million calcium in the final product. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is there anything else that uh, we should uh, be thinking about when we attempt to, to brew this beer? Uh, you know, not not really. Other than um, can't can't overemphasize the importance of uh, prompt yeast removal. You know, and uh, the, the easiest way to to do that visually is just see, oh, I have a crop, and if it's there, it's it's only uh, a, a wink away from from uh, beginning to rot. So get get the beer off the yeast as soon as you can, and uh, if you want to be really scientific about it, um, do do daily uh, pH readings, and um, you should always notice that from uh, primary, uh, uh, say when you first brew, you're going to have a uh, you know, maybe a low fives, and you're going to notice the pH is going to drop sharply due to the, the yeast spewing out hydrogen ions and and uh, all the organic acids associated with fermentation, and it's going to keep dropping and keep dropping. And then if you ever see the pH, all of a sudden it stops dropping and it goes up, that's the sign to get those yeast out and do it immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what about uh, uh, diacetyl rest or anything like that? Would you uh, recommend that with this yeast and, and this beer? Oh, most definitely. Um, it's very important with this yeast to uh, do it, it, at a minimum uh, uh, a 48-hour uh, warm maturation. At uh, 68 degrees usually does the trick, which helps it overlap with the dry hop uh, essence oil extraction phase. Uh, mm-hmm. If you really notice that it's just just pounding on the butter uh, it can benefit uh, from a, a brief uh, ramp all the way up to 70 um, mm-hmm. don't don't really recommend going up you know too much higher than that due to the uh, just the problems associated with premature oxidation mm-hmm. and uh, but uh you know every every instance is uh, case specific but um generally speaking uh, two days, Two to three days at 68 to 70 degrees is going to do the trick. And that's going to be obviously towards the latter end of the primary fermentation. Mm -hmm. And typically after the uh, yeast dump, too. I mean, there's there's always uh, never never be scared to to do the yeast dump or or to, uh, you know, pull the beer off the yeast. There's always plenty of yeast in suspension uh, unless... uh, your, uh, your 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 brew is in a, a shed, and there's a big cold front, and it gets to 30 degrees. Then, in that case, you might not have as many yeast in suspension as uh, as normal. But you know, assuming that's not the case, you're you're going to have plenty. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, I thank you for uh, sharing this uh, information with us on on brewing uh, Lagunitas uh, IPA, and uh, you know, I'll tell you. You are so knowledgeable and so uh, generous with your knowledge. I, you know, this is, uh, you know, 
I, I've learned several things, and uh, you know, for for a lot of, a lot of the the stuff we do, I you know, I'm I'm uh, very pleased to to hear all this these great tips, and I think uh, these will be great for our listeners as well. So thank well, you, you know, very that's, much. That's really us. what uh, this is. What craft brewing is all about. You know, this is uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's a passion. It's an art, and it's a science, and it's. Uh, I'd say first and foremost, though, back to the passion. You know, it's a love. So, mm-hmm. well, thank you again, and uh, we appreciate it. And I, I think uh, you'll you'll see a lot of people trying to uh, clone Lagunitas IPA, and uh, maybe uh, showing up at the brewery and uh, wanting to sample it there as well. So, thank you again, Jeremy. Uh, appreciate, appreciate your time. Mm-hmm. Anytime. Take care. Okay, I rolled a 15 and I get a plus 2 from my yeast starter. Nope, sorry, you failed your roll. Your beer is infected. No way! You had to be at a 24. It's schizosaccharomyces. This sucks! I just failed versus oxidation! Our party is fracked! Doug's the only one left and his beer is a Berliner Weiss! What's this? A tea party? Hey, this is a brew session, man. Get lost! Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Does your significant other know the difference between an Irish red ale and a Flanders red ale? Do you burp, strizzle, spalt, and fart Y-Yeast 2308? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the socially awkward Patters beer and the sci-fi convention showstopper number eight make 10th level at northernbrewer.com downtown joe's located in the historic oberon building in beautiful downtown napa california offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8 30 a.m to 1 a.m every day for 15 years at the corner of second and main downtown joe's has been voted best night spot seven times and best brew pub for the last four years in a row Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Catherine the Great Imperial Stout, are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, special rotating taps, and happy hour all day Mondays. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. White Labs. It's all in the vial. 
Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their Williams German Pills is mashed with pure German Moravian two-row barley malt for a light blonde color and malty crispness you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out their unique fermenters, draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and more. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enter promo code BREW at the order checkout for $5 off your next order over $50. Orders placed by 3 p.m. ship the same day. Again, go to williamsbrewing.com and enter promo code BREW at checkout for $5 off your next order. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Yeah. Put some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Network. <laughs> now back to the challenge. Can you brew it? We're back. We're talking Lagunitas IPA. Great yeah. of uh, Jeremy to uh, uh, join us and uh, yeah. give us uh, quite a bit of information on uh, not just brewing uh, Lagunitas IPA, but you know a lot how, of other good brewing. How tips they brew there? Yeah. yeah, it's really good. Yeah. It's a good guy. We all like and, to hear. Uh, I like to hear that kind of stuff. And very knowledgeable. I yeah. tell you, you know, I, I talked to a lot of pro brewers and. Uh, and uh, Jeremy really knows a lot about a lot of different things, and and really uh, understands the brewing science. So uh, that was that was uh, very enjoyable uh, speaking with him. All right. So the recipe that I got from uh, from that was uh, uh, for six gallons of, of wort at the end of boil. What the? What are you doing there? Oh. You know, like this is not time for your origami. I'm taking some. Notes. We're doing we're doing a show here. Six gallons at the end of the boil. Uh, original gravity uh, 1060, uh, 9 SRM, uh, 46.8 uh, IBU is what I uh, was targeting using the Rager formula. And uh, let's see here. Pale malt, uh, 10.9 pounds, a, 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 a domestic two row, or 4.94 kilograms, 5 kilograms. Uh, 0.39 kilogram of wheat malt, or uh, 0.87 pounds. 0.82 pounds of Munich malt, or 0.37 kilograms. Uh, 0.55 pounds of uh, Crystal 60, or a quarter of a kilogram of, or 500 grams of, uh, or uh, two, 250 uh, grams of uh, um, uh, Crystal 60, and uh, uh, 0.6 kilograms Crystal 10, or uh, 1.3 pounds Crystal 10. On the hops, uh, four grams of uh, Summit pellets at eighteen and a half IBU, or alpha acid. I mean, uh, sixty minutes, a sixty minute addition. Uh, Ten grams of Horizon, twelve IB, twelve, twelve percent alpha acid, sixty minutes. Uh, Twenty three grams of Willamette at four point seven five percent alpha acid, thirty minutes. And uh, 34 grams Cascade pellets, uh, 5.75 uh, alpha acid uh, for one minute or at knockout. And then, uh, oh, uh, I'm a little out of sequence here. Uh, 11.36 grams uh, Centennial, uh, 10% alpha acid, 30 minutes. 
and then that cascade, and then uh, dry hopped with uh, 21 grams of cascade and centennial, uh, 5.75 alpha acid, 9% alpha acid, dry hop. Uh, add that in uh, mm-hmm. uh, right at the end of fermentation and let it go for uh, a good uh, five days or so at fermentation temps. As far as the yeast, I used uh, the WLP002 English Ale yeast, uh, and uh, also the 1968 uh, Y yeast is uh, what uh, Lagunis uses, and yeah. I think that's pretty the London, close. The London ESP, it's called. Cool. Right. I use that at uh, 66 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. And uh, actually, I started out uh, at 66, and I uh, uh, after the first two, three days, I, I started ramping it up. And because uh, you want to dry enough finish, right. you know, and that yeast does not attenuate very well. So if you're not uh, kind of forcing it towards the end, it, it can kind of poop out, and then you end up with a really sweet beer. So uh, after a couple of days, I raised up to 67, then I raised to 68, 69. Uh, within five, six days, I was at 70 uh, Fahrenheit. And you were probably, what, 90% to, to, to terminal gravity by then, you think? Or? Uh, yeah, maybe like three quarters of the way. Seventy-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't afraid. I, I think once you get past the first couple of days, I mean, that's where you know the the potentials for all the flavors are developed in the first yeah. few days. The esters, you know, the esters. You know, the amount of oxygen you use. You know, your pitching rates. Mm-hmm. All that kind of. You know, it's all locked in at the very beginning. Right. And uh, the first few days, you know, the the growth patterns and all that are going to kind of influence the overall flavor you get in the beer. Right. If that's controlled, then you know, after that, you have a little leeway to raise the temperature up, and you know it, it guarantees like no diacetyl. You don't have to do a diacetyl rest if you and good attenuation, right? Is, yeah, and if if at three three quarters of the way through you jack the temperature up and you, you get the yeast nice and active, you don't have to bother with the diacetyl rest. It's right. going to be nice and clean at the end. Right. Um, you know, the same sort of thing. If it's just if you're going too cold, and you know, or you start out warm and then go cold, that's that's when you end up with a lot of diacetyl in these yeasts. Mm-hmm. But uh, that worked out fairly well. Um, uh, the uh, mash temp, interesting thing, mash temp, 160 degrees Fahrenheit. And I had heard this before about Lagunitas, that they mash their Lagunitas IPA at 160 Fahrenheit. And a lot of people go, no, no, that's just that them giving be. misdirection. They're lying. It's, They're lying, you know, huh? No, but uh, you heard it here. Uh, I, that's what I did. And, you know, it freaked me out a little bit because I'd, I'd done like 158, <laughs> but I'd never done 160. And, uh, you know, so I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll be all right. And I, I went ahead and I did it. And, uh, you know, toward near the end, I was tasting the, the, the wort from the mash. And um, I tasted it and it wasn't very sweet. Hmm. I'm like, uh, you know, I wonder, you know, maybe I denatured my enzymes going in a little hot and... Uh, hmm. And maybe uh, maybe it didn't convert. So was I, it clear? I went. In, it was I, clear. It was clear, and okay. I did an iodine test, and it was oh. you know it was perfectly converted. converted. No starch, but it wasn't as sweet as a normal mash would be. Wow. You know, all those long chain dextrins, hmm. and so I was kind of worried. I'm thinking, eh, I don't know, but I, I went ahead forward with it, <laughs> and uh, you know, just trusted that 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 would work out. The other problem I had was, I started brewing. You know, I moved. And, uh, you know, we, we uh, you know, moved from, uh, you know, the, the little hovel to the uh, Grand Estate. And at the Grand Estate, I cannot find my uh, all my brewing salts. I don't oh. know where they are. I know, you know, what the container looks like, but I have no idea where it is. So I'm, I'm getting ready to brew this uh, IPA, and I don't have any gypsum. 
So I called up Nick Burton, and uh, he ran out and on his way somewhere oh, else, and, 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 oh, yeah. and he drops him off. But nice. by that time, the mash was done. So I just added uh, oh, to to the, the kettle, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that worked out all right. Um, the original gravity ten sixty matched exactly the anticipated gravity because it was earlier in the day. I had was su- I had sunlight and it wasn't windy, so I could yeah. see what I was doing, and the wind yeah. wasn't uh, playing yeah. havoc. Uh, nothing messes up my brew day more than wind. Right, right, right. And uh, final gravity. Uh, here's the interesting thing: uh, was ten twenty. Versus uh, a target of 1018. And I think my mash temp was a little higher than it should have been. Now, you know, mash temps like are a, a weird, temp. weird thing. You know, uh, you know, one person's 160 oh, is yeah. another person's 158. Especially on windy days. 162. Yes. So for me, I think if I was to rebrew this, I would go for maybe a 158 Fahrenheit or 159 Fahrenheit instead of 160 okay, well, on my system. Because you tasted one in the beer. You went to be just a tad... Uh, yeah, I think it could have you know, dried out dryer. a little bit more, you know, a little more attenuation. I was targeting that 1018, I ended up at 1020, even though my starting gravity was the same. And I think it was just because it, you know, it's there's not a lot of sweetness in there. You know what I found? So I think is it just didn't attenuate because I think it was all these long-chain dextrins. I think my, my mash temperature was a little high. Yeah, the, the, the dextrins, when I have high-temperature mashes, I always notice... The beers generally do finish high, mm-hmm. and uh, they're rarely sweet. They're almost always, you know, uh, well dried out, even though they finish with high gravity. Mm-hmm. So I don't get too concerned when I'm like uh, right, expecting right. ten fourteen and end up with ten eighteen or, right, right. uh, or ten twenty even. Well, it's pretty crazy. Let's see. Uh, I stepped up to the challenge, uh, and uh, did I clone it, uh, Justin? Cloned. Entirely cloned. Yeah. I oh, think okay. the closest one yet, actually. Um, I was trying to pick it apart because uh, I don't like you, and I, I want to. I don't want you to be such a good brewer. <laughs> I could not find anything wrong with it. <laughs> really, I do. I do find some, joy some, sometimes in just... Some days I wonder why I come into the studio. <laughs> you know, I just... Just don't want you to be such a good brewer sometimes, but uh, no, really yeah. close, man. This one's cloned. Uh-huh. It, it's really cloned. I, I think uh, you, you put them side by side, blind, whatever, you know. Which of course how we test them. But I'm saying you give it to anybody. I, I, I would stand up to this beer. Cloned, mm-hmm. cloned, cloned, cloned. Tasty. Well, I have to agree. Uh, it's uh, any differences are almost uh, indistinguishable. They're yeah. uh, very close, exactly the same color. Uh, could be a slight difference in mouthfeel. Uh-huh. But uh, no, that I wouldn't. That wouldn't. Just, I mean, very, very slight. I mean, it's almost like it might have more to do with just the different carbonation level kind of thing. Which you know, it's pretty hard to to make this beer in uh, fourteen days, whatever you made it, and mm-hmm. uh, get the carbonation right on. But uh, yeah, I say it's definitely clone. This is a recipe that uh, that uh, listeners can take and uh, go out and get the ingredients and. Uh, Brew their own very their own very, very own themselves a Lagunitas IPA. A Lagunitas IPA. So uh, mm-hmm. that's okay. a good deal. Chad? Uh, well, uh, uh, I thought that was uh, quite a good clone. I think it uh, matches exactly. I think he passed out. He liked uh, the clone so much. That was, I think he drank too good, much of it. That was a great clone. Good job, uh, Jamel. He, uh, he took that growler with it. You really, you really matched that one up perfectly. Uh. <laughs> well, thanks, Chad. 
Now this IPA, I just want to say too, I'm I'm pretty excited that you cloned it. It was my first. Oh yeah. Uh, it was my first IPA, and yep. and it I was your gateway drug. It was my gateway yeah. IPA. Got you the uh, hoppy beers. Sierra Nevada was my gateway to good beer, right. but Lagunitas IPA was it. I mean, and I went back to that beer f- for so long, but it's the one that got me trying new beer. So mm-hmm. pretty cool that uh, you, you got this one down. Well, and you know, I also think it's cloned, but you know, the thing I noticed. Different, and I think Tasty and I were we were talking about this. Is um, there's a certain sharpness to the uh, oh. the bittering in the uh, commercial example, and on the on the clone example, it's kind of a you know the bittering's still there, but it's not quite as sharp an impression of of bittering. It's a right. little smoother. Right. Now I'm not sure if that's a you know amount of gypsum. You know, water differences, but uh, you know, pretty close. And I, I, you know, I really like both beers. Uh, right. And and again, close enough. I, I would, I would. You know, I don't think people yeah. would uh, say it's it's not Lagunitas. Right. You know, it could have been. You know, even though you use the gypsum in the boil, there could have been a, just an di- overall difference in the pH of the beer. Right. Because you didn't use it in the mash. Right. Right. So. right. Well, I did a mash adjustment for for pH. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, so right, what did right. you use for that? Uh, lactic. Or? Lactic. Uh-huh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it might. You know, a lot of this maybe we attribute to you know water difference, I guess. But uh, yeah, it was very close, and I think uh, you know yeah. with uh, lots of great help from uh, uh, Jeremy at uh, Lagunitas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's easy when he gives you the recipe. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was. Yeah. yeah, not much of a challenge there. No, no, it isn't. It is still is. I think yeah. the challenge there was uh, you know. Uh, a brewing network challenge you know get uh, Lagunitas on the horn and uh, yeah. get the uh, get the straight scoop yeah. you know a lot of people have been wondering about this beer a lot of people wanted to uh, to have this cloned and and I think uh, we did a pretty darn good job of it nailed it cloned yeah definitely cloned good job alright yeah. and uh we got any uh, questions from the chat on this? Uh, just one main question, the same question you had when you brewed it about that mash temperature. Right. Uh, so a couple people just going, what? Uh, how yeah, could you do up. that? Um, uh, so I don't know if you want to talk a little more about it. Specifically, though, somebody asked if you noticed uh, that things converted faster, if you checked that uh, in any way, that it just converted right away because of that temp. Right, yeah, it, it 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 did convert fast, and uh, I mean, you can see you can see just you know the haze go away from the the mash very quickly, and uh, things clear up, and and you know uh, the higher the temperature, the faster things tend to convert. Anyway, so um, yeah, that that did that did make a difference, and uh, yeah, you can trust it. You know, the, the Jeremy was not uh, you know lying to us in any way, shape, or form. He's telling us absolutely everything he could to help yeah. us uh, brew that beer, so I would I would trust everything that he was saying, and um, you know the result, yeah, it's right on the money. And I think yeah. you could you could play around a long time trying to clone this beer. No, it's pre- it's pretty cool that information. Yeah. And if you get this beer into your into your you know into your recipe book, it's kind of a cool beer to make where you can actually mash that high. You know, like hey, right, right. Imagine a one sixty. That's pretty cool. Well, I think that's an excellent point that. You know, it becomes another tool in your arsenal as well. Yeah, see what it, it, yeah, test the extremes. And then yeah. you can uh, well, and, dial it in. You know, the you know when you come across a uh, recipe that has something unusual that you've not done before, you know, and you get to see what the result is and how it affects the beer. Yeah. You know, it, it adds you know this mouthfeel to to the IPA and uh, 
you know, that in and of itself, you, you could use that for other beers that you want to design yourself. You can take, hey, I want to take the best of, uh, you know, Lagunitas IPA, and I want to take, uh, right. you know, the best of, uh, you know, some other beer or Moose Drool. Yeah, or a beer you already make. Yeah. You just want to increase the amount. Yeah, you want to you want to make some uh, some changes to something you already brew. Right. Uh, you know, it's it's that's one of the the beauties of learning to clone other beers is uh, you're learning techniques along the way. I think. Yeah, and they give you the confidence to do it. Like when you know, G, you know, because Jeremy's doing it at 160. Mm-hmm. We're going, hey, why not? Yeah, let's do it. Right. Yeah, yeah I wasn't going to do something different. No, you wouldn't get the same beer. Well, I think it's funny to hear too, though, how you did. You almost hesitated for a second because you right. just you go, <laughs> like, really? <laughs> and I would have been interested to. To taste a beer that you've done everything the same, you got the ingredients mm-hmm. right, you did this, but you didn't mash at 168, right, right. I, I would have been interested to taste that beer and see if, you know, well, what the difference Well, what I think you would get is, um, you know, a, a thinner beer. I think you would get, um, you know, slightly, slightly drier beer. Mm-hmm. I think you would get maybe more um, fruitiness, more fruity esters, okay. possibly. A little more um, alcohol character. Um, you know, it would probably affect the bittering uh, balance as well. I mean, these long chain dextrins don't really have uh, much flavor or sweetness to them, but they do have some sweetness, yeah. and that would uh, form of sugar make sure. make a, a difference. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know that would uh, definitely make uh, make for a different beer based on uh, you know, especially if you went something like a radical, like one fifty Fahrenheit versus one sixty Fahrenheit. Um, you know, a, a five degree C difference would make a sub, you know, it would be noticeable. You would, yeah. you would think they're two different beers. Yeah, we might have said not cloned had you wussed right. out on the on the on that temp. Right. Well, and um, you manned up. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, you know, I, I've been thinking. You know, what would be a great show is exact same ingredients, different process, different mm-hmm. mash temp, mm-hmm. different ferment temp. Uh, for you know all these different things, uh, you know different timing on the hop additions. Yeah, and uh, you know see how how different the beers are. Yeah, maybe we could do a short series. Uh, uh, can you brew it reversed or something? Right. You know, can you brew you it just, twice? <laughs> I was thinking brew strong personally, but got uh, it. You know, I, I think it would be a, a very interesting, very oh. revealing. Yeah, how different two beers can be. On the same ingredients, same water, same brew system, same brewer, mm-hmm. and just change those parameters, and you're like, "Wow, yeah, that's you know, it's two different beers." Yeah, so we'll 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 have to do that as soon as I uh, free up more time. All right, well, that's it from the chat, but I will tell you guys that they are really digging the Lagunitas series, as we thought they would. Uh, the Lagunita Ganza. <laughs> yes, I'm not, I, I can't bring myself to say it. Uh, <laughs> they're loving it, and looking forward to the brown sugar coming up next. Everyone's pretty stoked. So. The Palooza. The Palooza continues. Yeah. With, uh, if you're listening live, we'll have brown sugar coming up next. If you're mm. listening on the podcast, uh, it's going to be another two weeks, and that's the reason why you should be listening live. You get yourself to the Brewnetwork.com. Uh, click on that live uh, button, uh, and uh, you can uh, listen and uh, chat with others and uh, affect the outcome of the show. Comment, yes, things part like of that. It. Mm-hmm. Another way you can affect the outcome of the show? Request a beer. 
Well, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> go to our sponsor, Northern oh, Brewer. Yes. NorthernBrewer.com. It really affect the outcome, yes. whether you hear it or not. <laughs> right. No, that's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when it's really quiet, you, you didn't, right. you didn't, you <laughs> didn't <laughs> go to NorthernBrewer.com. Right. You didn't help affect the All outcome. All you hear is dead air. You didn't call. You exactly. Didn't and, and like uh, Tasty is saying, uh, you know, these are beers that you guys request. Yeah, we have no way. Uh, yeah, we're not creative enough to think of it ourselves. Right. So you guys got to do it Well, first. it would be all our favorite beers. But, yeah, it'd be all like Belgian uh, you know, beers and shit. Um, but, uh, you know, y- you guys email in, can you brew it at thebrewingnetwork.com. Yeah. And uh, while we can't respond to all those, we, we look do, at every one of them. We look at every one of them. <laughs> they go into a spreadsheet, uh, believe it or not. And we tend to take the most popular ones first, uh, ones that. Uh, you know, breweries we can get a hold of. Breweries you know. we can get a hold of. Or, you know, things, or they're willing to talk to us. Things that kind of tickle our imagination. Yeah, like, um, and some variety. We like to Some variety. And also we like uh, when people have uh, interesting stories yeah, as to like why, why they like they're it. interested in a certain beer. That, that makes it kind of fun. So uh, we've got uh, quite a few hundred uh, <laughs> yeah. backlog. So, uh, you know, but don't let that discourage you, because, again, we're not taking them in order they come in, no, unfortunately, yeah. but, uh, you know, the ones that seem to be really popular, we want to we tackle those first. Anyways, I think that's another uh, another one in the books. Another one cloned. Wow. Success. We have knocked off uh, Lagunitas IPA, and we can brew it. Wow, it's been, sh- it's been shown right here. Wow. <laughs> You wouldn't think, looking at the two of us lumps sitting here, you wouldn't think that's possible, but clearly it is. There it is. Well, I encourage people to brew it and uh, see what, you know, let us know what they think. Brew it and brew strong. <laughs> 